Today, you have the privilege of being here for the very best jokes from 2013. Listen to these. You're going to love them. Okay. For those of you who are visitors, I only do this twice a year. If you're thinking, this doesn't appear to be really all that holy. That is correct. This is not all that holy, but we're going to move quickly from this into some other things. But these are spectacular. For instance, little Johnny and his family lived in the country, and as a result, they seldom had guests. Johnny was eager to help his mother after his father appeared with two dinner guests from the office. When the dinner was nearly over, little Johnny went to the kitchen and proudly carried in the first piece of apple pie, giving it to his father, who passed it to a guest. Little Johnny came in with a second piece of pie and gave it to his father, who again gave it to a guest. This was too much for little Johnny, who said, It's no use, Dad. The pieces are all the same size. (laughs) Huh? Isn't that exactly how kids would be thinking? (laughs) That's how I would be thinking. (laughs) Number two. I guess you you could call me a nervous flyer. That would be incorrect. I'm a very nervous flyer. During my last flight, I noticed the lights were flickering. I mentioned this to the flight attendant. I'll take care of that, she said. Moments later, the lights went out. Clearly, she had solved the problem by turning off the lights. The guy sitting next to me said, Whatever you do, please don't talk to her about the engines. (laughs) Huh, John? Huh, you like that? John's a pilot. (laughs) David is still laughing. (laughs) They got to be good. Okay. It was the beginning of term at a primary school in Brooklyn. The teacher asked the children their names one at a time and for each to spell their name out loud. When she came to a young Pakistani boy and asked his name, he replied, Ravashanka Venkataratatam Banerjee. How do you spell that? Asked the teacher. Well, my mother helps me, said the little boy. <laughs> Oh, it was so good, too. <laughs> a few years ago, the battery in my, in my beat-up VW Beetle had died because I left the lights on overnight. You're going to love this one, Gary. I was in a hurry to get to work on time, so I ran into the house to get my wife to give me a hand to start the car. I told her to get into our second car, a prehistoric oversized gas guzzler, and use it to push my car fast enough to start it. You know, so it's the old days, right? Like you're having to push start the car with the standard transmission. I pointed out to her that because the VW had an automatic oh, automatic transmission, VW sometimes did have those actually, and they still could push, be push started. It needed to be pushed at least 20 miles per hour for it to start. She said fine, hopped into her car and drove off. I sat there fuming, wondering what in the world she was doing. A minute passed by, and when I saw her in the rearview mirror coming at me at 30 miles an hour, I realized that I should have been a bit clearer with my instructions. (laughs) I should stop now, because they've all been pretty good. This one, this this is good too, but I don't know if you'll get it. (laughs) Last summer, down on Lake Isabella, located in the high desert, an hour east of Bakersfield, California, some folks new to boating, they'd never owned a boat before, were having some problems. No matter how hard they tried, they couldn't get their brand new 22-foot boat going. It was very sluggish in almost every maneuver. No matter how much power was applied, this thing was just barely moving around in the, in, next to the dock. After about an hour of trying to make it go, they put... They, uh, 
put in a call to a nearby marina, thinking that maybe somebody there could help, help them and tell them what was wrong. A thorough topside check revealed everything in perfect working condition. The engine ran fine. The outdrive went up and down. The prop was the correct size and pitch. Everything was working correctly. So one of the marina guys jumped into the water to check underneath. He came up choking on water. He was laughing so hard. Under the boat, still strapped securely in place, was the trailer. <laughs> I think that's a true story. <laughs> oh. So, I don't know where Hope Pollock is, but she missed it. A couple of announcements before I go on. 201 is going to be going on next, uh, is it next week? The 23rd, whatever week that is. I've got a cold, so I can't tell what week it is. Uh, 201 is going to be taking place, uh, becoming part of uh, the body on the 23rd. So please be prepared for that. If you're new to us, we would love to have you become part of our body, and that class will help you do so. There will be a meal served along with it, and that would be fantastic for you to come and be part of that. On the 21st, on the Friday, there's going to be a prayer retreat out at... Uh, Kingsfold, details from the bulletin. We'd love to have you be part of that as well. And then the one thing that everybody needs to know is that on Tuesday of this week, not tomorrow because it's a holiday, but on Tuesday, we're going to start serving 20 kids a day lunches who otherwise would be coming to school hungry. And I'm so grateful that we get a chance to do that. Uh, We're going to put the meals together on Mondays and Wednesdays and take those to the schools, but all five days a week, we're going to serve 20 kids per day lunch. Uh, at three different schools in our area. And I'm just so grateful that God has blessed us with that, that chance and that opportunity. That is a beautiful thing. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, we are grateful that we have uh, a chance to feed some hungry kids. Uh, thank you, God, for giving our church family that privilege of serving our community and serving you in that way. And we pray that you'd bless us as Sharon and the others move into that ministry. Uh, Father, we pray that it would go well, that we would have all the resources we need and that the feeding of children will take place in a wonderful way. Father, we're grateful for the chance that we have to be together today as church family and as individual families. We pray you'd bless us over the next few minutes as we just talk about what it means to be family. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen. The last couple of weeks, we've talked about the ways in which the Spirit gifts us, specifically having to do with fellowship. And Mike talked a couple of weeks ago about how the the body is built up through the gifting of the body through the spirit. So there are various gifts within the body, but each one has a role to play and all for the building up of the body. And so some might be a a hand or a finger, some might be a foot or a toe, some might be an ear or an eye. Whatever you are, you have a chance to build up the body of Christ together uh, through the gifting that God has blessed us with. Last week we talked about the fellowship that we have specifically with the Holy Spirit, a vertical kind of fellowship, and then the horizontal kind of fellowship that we have with each other because of the Holy Spirit's blessing us with fellowship and relationships. We talked about how relationality is right at the heart of what it means for us to be Christian, and the Spirit wants very much to bless us with relationality. Well, this this week we're kind of going in the same uh, direction because it is family day and also because we're we're talking specifically today and if you were to look at the schedule of uh, worship services that we have set out and what we wanted to get accomplished in each one of those, what you would see is that today was to be oriented toward our life groups, trying to say to people, this is a vital part of our lives together. And so we're going to be talking about that, but we're going to do so in the context of talking about family. 
I want to read a passage which I think is wonderful. And I'll just read this. Uh, It's quick, it's short, but it says something specific. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now that's an interesting passage because it uses specifically the word family to describe the church. And, and two things come out about that to me. Number one is just the notion that God has something on his mind and his heart about family and about what it means to be family. And the second thing, of course, is, is that family needs to somehow parallel what it is that we do in the church. So what we're going to do this morning to kind of get us into this is that we're going to, I'm going to ask you, if you would, to in your individual families, I want you to talk about what it means to be family and to do so in the context of a couple of questions that I have. And if you're, if you're here this morning, by the way, and you don't have family, uh, you know, if you don't have a family to be with, or, and I don't mind at all if some families combine together in order to do this, but nobody should, should be left out here, okay? You look around, as your family starts to gather in, the, in a moment here, I want you to look around, and if there's somebody that's not part of a family, you grab them and, and make them part of yours, okay? Nobody should be sitting alone by themselves today, not part of a family. Everybody should be part of a family. And I want you to focus on these questions for the next few minutes as you talk about what it means to be family. The first question is, what are the most central commitments and experiences that make your family a family? And if you are joining a group and that's not your family, then you still can reflect on what it is that made your family that you were part of a family. And then how does your life together show faithfulness to each other and faithfulness to God? I want you to kind of ask yourselves those questions, talk about that amongst yourselves, and then we're going to uh, do some sharing here in just a minute along those lines. Okay, ready? Go. What are the most central commitments and experiences that make your family a family? And how does your life, how does your life, it should be your, life together show faithfulness to each other and faithfulness to God? Okay. If you want to uh, stop for a moment here, what I want to do is I just want to have some of the group share some of the things that they discussed in terms of what it means to be family. And I'll just look for a show of hands first. Is there somebody, some group that wrote some things down or that shared some things that they would like to share with everybody else about what it means to be family, their central commitments and experiences? Okay? Okay, I'll start here since this is close, and then we'll go over there. Go ahead. Dustin, you can do it? Go ahead. Spend time together. Okay. Anything else? That was really short and sweet. I want to give other people a chance here. We uh, we help each other out. When okay, speak. that's enough. <laughs> okay, they spend time together and they help each other out. Very good. Brenda? We said prayer times and meal times together, church time. Okay, anything else? Okay, somebody else. Ron? Uh, we said uh, love and respect, a place of belonging and comfort, holding each other responsible and accountable and encouraging each other meeting each other's needs, uh, working and making income to support the family, and vacations and experiences. Very good. Okay. Thanks very much. Anybody else back in here before I move to the other side or something? 
Michael? Meal times. Okay, good. Meal times for sure. Any, anything here? Belinda? Uh, we always there in times of need. We celebrate life like birthdays and success as well as failures. Okay, very good. Okay, anybody over there that just has something burning on their minds that they think this really needs to be shared with the group? Jacob, you have that look on your face. Talk, Jacob, talk. We accept each other even if our parents are strange. Very good. I now, I now understand why it is that he had that, that burning thought. He wanted to get that out there. That was not about acceptance. That was about the strangeness of his parents. Natasha, your name's Natasha. Perfect. For question number one, what are the most central commitments and experiences that make your family family? Is if you eat together, keeps a family together? Okay, perfect. Anything else? And if you listen to each other, then you understand each other? Perfect. That young lady's been thinking, okay? If If you eat together, and if you... Share with one another, listen to each other, so that you understand each other. Absolutely, I agree. Somebody else, another group. Cameron? Okay. Um, So, what are the most... Oh, no, no, no. Okay. Um, So, we support each other through difficult times, and we've got each other's backs. Okay. Support each other through difficult times and have each other's backs. Absolutely. There you go. Okay, absolutely. Very good. Joanne? Okay. Celebrate everybody's accomplishments. And it may be something just so simple. I mean, hi. <laughs> Did you get that? <laughs> yes, it's something as simple as uh, um, you're, you're, you're a grade school child, grandchild. Of course, I'm a grandmother. Um, just bringing home something as simple as a, a, a picture that he's done in school and he's so okay. proud of. Just, just, this is exciting. Sharing the moments of life together. Absolutely. Somebody over here on this side? Joseph? Um, central commitments to, um, that make a family um, unique for us or for me, like we discussed. I said um, having dinner as a group, my sister said, and spending time together to, um, to share jokes, uh, discuss some I like some the things. sharing jokes part. <laughs> and... The other thing is that uh, for us in Africa, um, we meet together as a family, and um, our father or grandfather will, you know, bring up uh, tales or stories and uh, tell us about, you know, their good times or the time they were alive and how they used to do things. So we learn from there, and then we eat in group. That means we uh, eat in the same bowl. Like mom would cook and put the food in one whole big plate or bowl, we all put our hands inside of spoons or whatever and eat. As we eat, we talk and joke. So that's really is a central piece in our culture that make us, uh, you know, that put us together. Very good. Boy, I like that. Everyone eating together out of a common bowl? Uh, the second question, how does you, uh, you, uh, I does your you should like, be your. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't put the R on there. Yeah, Sorry. Together, show faithfulness to each other and faithfulness to God. And uh, 
to me in Africa that I came from, you, uh, we have a tradition and we have a culture. You, you, uh, if, you, if you are in, the, in your family, you have to love one another and you have to love, love yourself as your personal. Uh, you, have, you have to love your neighbor and you have to love mm. yourself. Very you good. Have, yeah. And we, uh, both, both families have a total responsibility to play in the family. Absolutely. I appreciate that very much. Those are great comments, folks. You know, the things that draw us together as family are, uh, are always, whatever culture we're in, so meaningful for us. I thought it was fascinating that Joseph started talking about stories. Um, you know, he started saying, the grandfather or the father will begin to tell the stories about our family. And these stories that are told begin to identify who we are as families. And that's exactly right. And whether we worded it exactly like that or not, it's true. We get together as families and we tell stories. And our kids are raised on those stories of what it meant to be a little boy when I was a little boy. Or what my grandfather was like when he was a little boy. As t- stories that he told me. Those kinds of meaningful stories really do shape who we are. And of course, when we are together as church family, we have meaningful stories again, don't we? Okay, very good. All right, well, there were several things that were mentioned there about uh, time spent together, meals spent together, support of one another when somebody has a need. Um, These are the kind of things that certainly make us family. Now what I want you to do is to move on to a second set of questions. Very similar, you'll notice, but nonetheless a bit different. What are the most central commitments and experiences that make your life group a life group? And this is if you're part of a life group. Now, obviously, if you're not part of a life group, you may have trouble sharing uh, specifically along that question. However, even if you're not part of a life group, there are going to be those in the church or in your life as a Christian with whom you spend with whom you share relationship. And I, so I want you to focus on those relationships that you have in the Lord. What are the most central commitments and experiences that make your life group a life group or your relationship in the Lord with others a relationship? And how does your life together as a life group show faithfulness to each other and faithfulness to God? Okay? Go. Okay. Why don't we now share with each other a little bit along the lines of what are the things that are the most central commitments and experiences that make our life group a life group or our relationships in Christ meaningful relationships. Okay? Who would like to go first with this one? Carly? Um, We had down that um, one thing that's important is um, uh, sharing together um, our struggles and and being able to pray uh, with and for each other. And... uh, Spending time discussing the week, um, sharing together, that's another uh, one of them. And also um, sharing uh, commitments and then not losing faith in struggles. So when people are sharing together their commitments. Okay. Okay, very good. All right, somebody else. Yeah, in our life, in our life group, our, our commitment to helping out Juan and, and Michelle and, and their struggles and also with bringing Dominique and his family uh, to Calgary from, from Ghana and then helping with the repair of his truck. Okay. 
In other words, helping each other out, taking care of each other. Were you stretching or, did you, or was your hand going up? Go ahead, Kelly. I think as far as experiences go is um, having the Holy Spirit and that connection between Christians when you know that they have the Holy Spirit in them and you can share in that together. Okay. Yeah, very good. Yeah, I appreciate that. Okay. Somebody else? That we uh, support each other when there's a need. We love and grow together in our faith, building relationships, and that there's a high level of commitment and trust within the group. Okay. Thank you. Uh, We talked about uh, the fact that within small groups, you have others your age often to share growing in Christ with, and that without that, that's a challenge, particularly for youth. Working together, getting along, honesty and being open, discussions where uh, we give an opportunity for everybody to be heard, and specifically some that need to be heard, respect, and safe. Anyone else? Okay. The one thing that we thought of that is very reflective of of relationship with one another, especially in our life groups and in the church and also in every family, is the love and affection that we would have for one another. And this also shows faithfulness to God because in First John chapter 4, verse 7, it reads that uh, love one another for love is of God, and he who loves is born of God and knows God. Mm-hmm. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. So whenever we share love, whether it's in our life groups or in the church or even in our families, it's actually showing faithfulness to God and faithfulness to each other because Love is actually from God. So that's what we thought of. Well done. Thank you very much. Somebody else? Okay. Was there anybody else over here before I run? Because I don't want to... Okay. I'll, be over... I'll get there. Our live group, we meet here regularly on Sunday. And uh, our live group consists... It's not only Africans alone we are open to everybody but right now we are mostly africans and one from uh, philippine and uh, and one from uh, Calgary here max so we are our group is very transparent we go for accountability and transparency uh, we are open to each other. We, we try to identify in, in each other the, our spiritual gift we have. Everybody mm-hmm. in our group knows his uh, spiritual uh, uh, gift. Of another. Uh, and, uh, of another. And we try to use that uh, gift to build the live group together and to you know to build the church as well together to make us strong very good okay we've been talking an awful lot about that the whole notion of using our gifts to build one another up and it sounds like they're being pretty intentional about doing that which is nice okay yeah in the live group we discussed about uh, 
discussion most especially, then talk more about God, raise ideas, and listen to one another in the group, and uh, try to play a strong role in your life group also. It makes the family keep going on. Okay, very good. I appreciate that. Okay, if you're from Africa, you're going to make a comment today. Uh, I think a live group is something a reality. When they talk of uh, Christianity, like Matthew, the one of the book of Matthew said, uh, when I was sick, you did not come and visit me. When I was nickel, you did not clothe me. And when I was hungry, you did not feed me. And uh, the person asks, Lord, when did you hungry that we did not feed you? When did you sick that we did not come and visit you? And the Bible said that once you did not do it, the least of your friend, you did not do it for me. And I'll take myself, for instance, my Alive group, they have done extremely well. Uh, I cannot imagine it. From my family coming, they are very, like, they did everything for me. And, like, at the time I arrived here, they all came and welcomed me, which is the relationship I had with them, I have never, ever had that relationship in my life. So this has been a great thing for me and my family as well. And I think we are, we are learning and doing the word of God. Thank you very much. That was a, uh, that was a wonderful thing to say, Dominic, for sure. Charles? Well, you said if you're an African, you have to talk, so I guess I have to say something. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, as a family, we have not been very active with uh, with light groups be- just because of uh, our, our crazy schedule that we have here. I'm a student, and my wife used to work night shifts, so it was very difficult balancing work, life, family, in addition to other um, other activities. I'm not downplaying the impact life group has had on us. We've been, we were in the Jordan and the Hatrix group um, until the, um, the Hatrix moved, and then we were part of the Trevor group. Um, but recently, because, or as I said, because of my um, schedules, what we benefited from these groups, we cannot describe it. We cannot put a value on it. Even though we may not be very active when we meet, the love, the attention, and the care they show goes a long way to help us. Um, so we're looking at how best um, we can readjust our schedules when I'm done with school, which I, which I can see there's light at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. and then we will reactivate um, our life groups. But even that, we pray as a family, and then we do things together and make sure we remain as one and very faithful to each other as well. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate that. Well, there are a lot of blessings about uh, being 
a part of a life group, part of a church family. I'm so grateful that God has given us uh, the relationships that we do have. I was looking back there at this group over here with Bobby and Ken and Heather and, and everybody, and I was thinking about how it has been, no doubt, decades that Max and Kathy and Bobby and Cindy and Ken and Heather have been friends. True? It's been decades. And there are some of you who have those kinds of relationships in here with others where it has been maybe 30 years that you've known each other and loved each other and that God has blessed you. The life group that uh, Robin and I are in now, you know, we've been with the one, uh, the life group that we go to and with the Asens and the Rippenhagens, that group, we've been with them for uh, about seven years now. But they've been meeting together for 20 or something. They raised their, you know, raised all their children together. And those kids have wonderful relationships together because of being raised together in that environment. And so God has blessed us with this privilege and and opportunity to be together, certainly in life groups, but then to be just in general together as a church family and to have the relationships that we do. We've talked about how in the last few weeks about how the Holy Spirit is the one who provides this this cement and the core relationships that we have together in the Lord. He wants us to love each other and care for each other the way that we've heard so much this morning. And that's exactly what uh, we need to do as the Spirit blesses us. I want to close this morning reading these verses uh, from the book of Psalms. And you can, you can understand, I think, why this would mean so much to me. I, I talked a little bit last week again, as I know I've done quite a bit about my own past, I also talked a little bit about Megan and our relationship that we have with her. Just listen to these words from Psalm 68. The question is, who is God? Who is God? He's a father to the fatherless. A defender of widows is God in his holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. And he leads forth the prisoners with singing. He sets the lonely in families. And if you're like me, it's exactly what he did with you. And he takes us and he puts us in his family. And he adopts us as his children. And the relationships that we have here, like the ones between these people back here, are relationships that will last them forever, their whole lives, and will be to them as meaningful as they could possibly be. And I am grateful that God does that for us. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you and praise you for blessing us the way that you do. God, you take us, the lonely ones, and you place us in families. And you create family for us here. And Father, we pray that you'd help us to to take advantage of that. Help us to incorporate that element into our lives in a significant way that we can bless one another, build each other up through your spirit, and do so through this church family. Father, we thank you for Family Day weekend, and we'd ask that you'd bless those who are not here with us today. They're out traveling, spending time together as family. Bless them. Bless us, Father, here as we just continue perhaps the rest of the weekend to reflect on what it means to be family and to love one another the way that we do. We pray these things through Jesus. Amen.